Welcome to CISO's Insiders Podcast, powered by GRC Consulting. In this podcast, we'll be interviewing leading CISOs and security leaders in the industry for light, eye-level conversations. Here, they share advice and tips, talk about their biggest accomplishments and failures, favorite drinks, key influencers, and much more. We encourage you to walk away with at least one insight that will help you better yourself or your business. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more content, please check us out on social media. So welcome. Today we'll be speaking with, uh, with Kfir Tukrel. He is the Chief Information Security Manager of uh, a company called Direct Finance. It's actually, I think, one of the largest, if not the largest uh, finance, financing company in Israel. Uh, they, they mostly deal with uh, all kinds of uh, finance deals around cars and uh, and maybe like private loans and stuff like that. Maybe you could Kfir, uh, uh, give a few words about that. Uh, I've I know I've known Kfir for probably seven years now. Uh, we we got to know each other uh, during his work as a consultant, and um, and. About three and a half years ago, he assumed the role of uh, the Chief Information Security Officer with Direct Finance, and he's been with them ever since, building up their security program, uh, working with vendors and customers and, and colleagues alike. Um, and, and yeah, Kfir, if you want uh, to give uh, like a quick intro about yourself, your experience, and so on. Yeah. Um, hi there, everybody. Um, so I've started. Um, I've started in the my way in the cyber world in 2013 as a consultant. Um, I started the, at the penetra- as a penetration tester. After that, as a project manager and um, GRC consultant, and that um, that path. Uh, as gave me uh, a certain view uh, that helps me today that I know the, the compliance world and the technical world and this it really gave me a com- comprehensive view uh, of many aspects of the cyber field. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, and, uh, and you know, I've been speaking to a lot of uh, Chief Information Security Officers uh, for the past, uh, well, for the past few years, actually. And I think we've had this discussion in the past at one point where I told you what I, I think I advised uh, you to, you know, gain as much as, like learn as much as you can about different domains within the industry to allow yourself to have a, a much broader baseline than what you, you had back then. So, I, and I believe like, you know, having those uh, certain skills and the ability to to dive into different verticals really helps you at the end of the day, build your career and become more successful in your role. Um, um, so, <clears throat> so just to add a few personal aspects to to this call and just to get for, for our listeners to get to know you a bit better. So you're married plus two, I believe. Yeah, that's correct. Two boys that makes a lot of noise in the background during all of the Zoom calls. Yeah, so two boys and thankfully they're asleep now. So no noises are uh, expected. Um, 
And I have another staple question that I usually drink, uh, I usually ask uh, the CISOs I'm talking with, uh, and that's about their favorite drink. Could you share? What is your favorite drink? Yeah, uh, I think it's a bit old school, but uh, arak and with grapefruit and a leaf of mint. Uh, the leaf of mint is a very gives it gives it a refreshing twist. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So uh, we're just uh, wrapping up another uh, podcast the other day. And uh, as I mentioned, a lot of the CISOs I work with, they're like uh, single mod type of individuals. Uh, this is certainly a first. Uh, yeah. So, you know, um, the, the purpose of this call and podcast is basically to get the, the listeners to, to get to know you, uh, like the personal, uh, on the personal side, get to know the men behind uh, the role. And so I won't be asking too many, you know, real job related questions, nothing about specifically about your current position. I'm more concerned about, you know, getting to, to know you and your view on the world and your view on vendor, uh, vendor relationship as well. Um, so, so let's get started. If there's one thing you, you wish you'd known when you began your career, what would that be? Um, I think that, uh, the one thing is the, the job diversity and um, there's a big variety of sub profession sub skills needed uh, in this profession uh, it can be like compliance architecture uh, awareness and technical a lot of uh, a lot of uh, fields that required different skills um, that gives the gives it the, the the profession the so interesting makes it so interesting because it's not only it's not a narrow-minded narrow-minded field and that know only this and this and this not a one-trick dog really every you need to support many business needs and every business need takes you in a different direction every time it's a, it's a whole new story and every time you have to like create a new solution and this wide uh, variety of skills and diversity really what makes it uh, so interesting for me so i didn't know it in the beginning at the beginning when i first started it was like what I know about this profession is what you can see in uh, Hollywood films, like a hacker that uh, that sits in uh, in his garage and like yeah, and you see a lot of green, a lot of green screens, a lot of uh, things happening, matrix um, figures, yeah. numbers. So the reality is quite different than that. Uh, it's not a field for only technical uh, people. It's very wide very interesting and you can take what you really like into and and really have a deep dive into it uh, because there are many sub uh, sub profession in it like um integration cyber integration and um compliance uh, compliance and awareness and many things to do mm -hmm. okay 
Yeah, and uh, this is actually a, um, I mean, I've heard that before, obviously. Um, and I know we've, we've spoken about like, uh, you know, the constant learning and, you know, everybody keeps learning, especially when dealing with cybersecurity and even compliance. Um, and I wanted to ask you about your biggest failure. And f for one, I hold, uh, you know, my own perspective about what a failure means, but I would like to have your take on that. So what was, um, uh, what would you consider to be your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? I, from my perspective, uh, and it may be a bit naive, but I don't really believe in failures. I believe in lessons and it's not only uh, semantic issues really. Um, many lessons from my own um, mistakes and from other people's mistakes that, uh, in the cyber world that you can read about uh, breaches and things like that. Um, I look at all of these things as mistakes. And if it's uh, failing to like deliver a project in time, um, it's all lessons, lessons uh, to search where was your fail point and what can you do to, to prevent it next time to happen. Um, so it, it, I really don't think that uh, there's something like that's really uh, engraved on me, on my back that's like a big failure because I really don't feel there is one. Um, yeah, I've made many mistakes, but mm -hmm. I don't, I don't have anything that I really feel like, my gosh, I mean, things like that. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I tend to agree with you. I think a lot of smarter people than I am uh, said that, you know, failure is the best teacher. And you can find this in many quotes uh, from many very smart individuals. So I do uh, agree with you that, you know, failures are or lessons at the end of the day. And I think the, um, you know, to be wise is to be able to fail small and fail fast. So not to, you know, turn your life upside down. Um, but yeah, that's just my take on it. Um, but, you know, speaking about failures or, or uh, mistakes or lessons, whatever we want to call them, what would you say the, your biggest accomplishment was? Um, I think that my biggest accomplishment is not a real trophy, but um, as my role as a CISO, um, a lot of my outcomes um, are usually assignments to other people. Um, if it's on the physical security, if it's on HR, uh, workflows on the IT, on the development uh, uh, team. So most of my outcomes are more work for other people. And I think it was two or three years ago that someone uh, told me that uh, every time I see you in the hallway and I automatically smile to you, I have certain affection for you. And I thought about it, yeah, I, I have good, I, I, even though that 
most of my work outcome gives other people more work and they are not measured um, by their goals according to my assignments that I give them. Um, so it's only like extra tasks in their eyes. Um, I'm still able to, to keep up with a good uh, working relationship with them, working and friendly um, colleague relationships with them. And it's not only because I'm a nice guy and I love people, but um, I see it as an accomplishment because that's what enables me to still be an effective CISO because when I want, when I have a, a zero day that, that just came up and I need the system team to, to check if it is relevant for us and what is the risk vector and how and when can we implement it, the system team leader or the infrastructure manager will always have their door open for me and I know that I can um, on no time get the answers that I need. And it's not obvious because on other organizations, yeah, a CISO is a burden and a lot of the doors are closed because if they will be open, there will be much more work on every, on the door that he will go into. So walking in the hallway uh, without, uh, without security, without physical security, that's my biggest uh, accomplishment. Yeah, so, so basically to say it in my own words, uh, you're pegging it back to, you know, be able to work with people and at the end of the day, it's, it's always people and uh, forming relationships with people. So that's the, that was the, like you just said that this is probably the, you know, one of the biggest uh, keys to, to your success. Yeah, you summarized, right. you summarized my long, long story, story in, uh, in a few words, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so what advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career such as yours or similar to yours um so um it's relate relates to my previous uh, answer so the first thing is um to have know that you have you must have good people skills if you don't have good people skills it's it's a very it's very hard now other than that um cyber is a because it's such a wide uh, profession and you can't learn everything um in an early stage you, you it's it's not there is no like school that may gets you ready to all um possible scenarios um a lot of things can just show up and you need to adapt yourself you need to be able to to learn to explore to get to be able to get knowledge by yourself so it's extremely important like every day there is a new zero day you need to be able to understand where is this zero day is relevant to, to, to know how to get to understand, to get and understand the technical information. It's, it's a self-learner uh, field. So you need to be able to, to learn by yourself. And still, um, it's okay not to know, to know all 
immediately if you're being asked a question that you don't know and that's something that i learned uh, from you and iftah uh, back then it's uh, it's okay not to know everything immediately uh, but it's not okay to mislead just it, it's okay to say i don't know i will check it out i will learn that and i will give uh, uh, the correct answer yeah and you know uh, i think i asked another uh, CISO the other day a uh, similar question and i believe he told me that um the best advice would be to to use google or maybe his best guide was google so uh, i this is a theme i see you know uh the ability to self learn is uh is evidently it's very, crucial. yeah it's crucial it's very important you can't really get without it you can't get anywhere without it especially in the cyber world and the compliance world. but still um there is a certain um shortcut um not always but for different for for certain scenarios um good community um to to be able to connect with uh the people that um in the community that can help you i mean there is a community of uh of CISOs and every challenge that you meet hi is there anyone faced with this challenge uh how did you do it can i get some um, tips um what yeah for sure counter? for sure but th so, this is still learning right you're learning from your yeah. colleagues yeah yeah uh, so colleagues and technical google technical reading that you can find on the web and another thing um sit with the managers um yeah as a CISO you can sit all day in your office and uh, write um, guidance to everybody but if you want know the works that uh, that the work that uh, that your managers in the in the organization are doing um then you won't know their needs uh, you will you will not um fit the guidance to what um to what they really need to do and so other that they will find a way to bypass you if you are interfering or maybe you are not giving the guidance to the correct problems so just sit with the managers and every every month or so sit with the with the people that actually are doing the work not only the managers sit with everybody and learn your organization yeah okay um and if i remember correctly uh you as a CISO, you report to a higher it uh, individual it related individual i believe it's the mm -hmm. either the cio or the cto um what, what do you feel about the role of a CISO that actually is a part of it what are the pros and cons to that so um pros i know everything that goes in the in the IT um I'm a part of the IT management so every project every changes everything I, I'm a part of it and I know all I'm not a stranger um so nothing can go pass from a point to point without me knowing it and um, so that's a big pro and the budget the budget the budget issue is that uh, on most organizations uh, the IT have a big budget and uh, most of your um, systems uh, cyber systems 
cost a lot of money. So in the IT department, uh, it's easier to get the budget that fits your need. Uh, because if you're sitting in a department like in legal, legal or things like that, legal is not accustomed to have um, many information systems, uh, cyber system, things like that, that cost a lot of money. So it, it's an anomaly uh, in that system. So budget uh, fits there more. Um, so these are the main pros. Um, on the other side, there is a big uh, conflict of interests. Um, you are a part of the team, you are a part of the IT, and you want things to get done as a part, as the IT, you want to, and the development uh, to, you need, you're, you're a part of it. You, you need to deliver things you need to the for the new websites, the new system to come out on the on the schedule, and uh, you are not objective because you're part of the team. You want that; uh, it's really important for you. You're a team player, so ups and downs. Uh, I don't really think there is a, a, a ultimate truth, ultimate um, point where the CISO really needs to be. It depends on the organization. Yeah. And I think also it depends on the organization for sure, in my opinion, but I think also it depends on the, the maturity of the organization and, uh, and the ability and, and the people and the culture, so the ability to work together, you know, whereas in some types of organization you see like, um, like natural pushback when it comes to how CISO communicates with, you know, the team, the other team members uh, in other organization, more mature organizations, uh, even if the CISO is not directly in IT or even, you know, if it's a parallel unit or anything like that. Uh, so they, it works, it works better together. I mean, it works good together and it might also be that, you know, you're able to reduce the conflict of interest. But yeah, I, I agree with you. It, um, it depends on the organization mostly. Um, so along the way, what would you say the best resources, what were the best resources that you've had? And I know you mentioned uh, colleagues and the network, CISO networks, um, but you know, anything from, you know, vendors and uh, colleagues or anything like that. Um, so first of all is uh, curiosity. Um, because due to curiosity, you can uh, enrich your knowledge and give better answers every time to each situations and uh, good human skills. Um, inside the organization, outside the organization with the, with the other CISOs, um, so good human skills and uh, curiosity. That's the key point. From there, you can go anywhere. Yeah, uh, okay. This time I was able to get it short, short answer. Oh, that, that's fine. I'm not here to, you know, keep track on time. Um, who are the three people who have been the most influential to you? Um, no celebrities, actually. Um, mainly families, families that promoted values um, like solidarity and helping other people, um, values um, of, of you, actually human values uh, to help each other, then that's it. 
um, and, and, and I saw it from my parents and how they treated their parents. And that was the most influential for me. Uh, what's the one common myth about your profession or field that you want to debunk? Um, there is a famous meme of, uh, of sleeping types and now every sea level uh, sleeps at night and at the, at a certain point they see the CISO's bed and it's, and it's empty. So because the uh, CISO knows all the threats, can sleep and walks all around the clock. So actually it's not true. It's nice as a meme uh, and it's not true because as a, as a professional, you need to, to do a risk management. Now you identify your risks. There are methodologies for these things. And if you, if you walk um, by, the, by the methodologies and you have good control for your risk. So yeah, there are still risks, but everything is managed. And if something goes bad, then it's probably what's in, you, you know them, you know, you know your risk, you know your controls and your, and if you work, um, you work quite, um, you have like a certain um, cookbook for these things. So yeah, if an event will go on, uh, things will not go exactly as the cookbook described they will. Um, but you'll not be in a shock. It's not, like a cat that sees the driving, the, the car rides towards him. <laughs> and you need to be ready for things like that. And if you do, then yeah, you can sleep well at night. If you could, uh, you know, if you could step to, into my shoes or shoes of, uh, you know, any vendor basically uh, in the consulting space, what would your advice be? What would you say to, you know, like vendors uh, as a whole, um, that they might be looking at or they might be doing wrong? As a vendor, um, I think that most vendors, most um, sales representatives uh, at the vendors uh, are not, has not, are not being uh, CISOs. So on my side, it goes risk management. Okay. And I give ranks to my uh, to my risks and I have the root risk I have the residual risk and that's the plan for me to work to to reduce to mitigate to mitigate the risks and that's where I'm going if something is not a high risk for me even if it's a very cheap product and its value is amazing but the risk is not my top concern I will not go for it. Don't try to bribe me with a low cost uh, of your solution. I don't need it. I will not, even if it's very cheap, I will not go for it because it's not only the purchasing of the product, it's also maintenance and it, yeah, it, it's effort. Yeah. So if the internal cost. Don't try to sell it for me, really. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, but, you know, picking up on that, how would a vendor know what is it that you need or not? If he 
if he doesn't approach you? Um, usually, um, I will approach him. Uh, I know not all, but most uh, of the solution technologies. Okay, let's say um, if I need a firewall, and I know I need a firewall, firewall okay, so I will uh, probably consult with my colleagues uh, with other CISOs. Hey guys, can you give me um, uh, uh, an updated um, uh, competitive analysis, a competitive, yeah, competitive analysis of the top main five firewalls, for example. And I will look at the criteria and I will see what is most relevant for me. And then I will address the ones that are most relevant for me. Mm-hmm. That's usually I'm going, I mean, usually I'm approaching them when I did, because I know, and I'm at conferences, the, the world before Corona, uh, on the conferences, I am going to, uh, I'm, I'm initiating uh, the process and I'm asking and I'm learning uh, what are the solutions and when I need them, I'm approaching them. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and I've heard that a lot as well. So a lot of CISOs, they prefer to be proactive and, you know, they usually, so the success rate, I think, of a vendor who approaches a CISO without like a warm introduction or, or you know, maybe a research is pretty low. And uh, a lot of CISOs, they go back to their network and, you know, ask those questions. Um, uh, it, it, you're right, it is low, but I think that um there was like um there was a once i, I saw a, a, some a solution uh, that i didn't knew how didn't knew of at all didn't heard of and uh, and uh, he approached me um from a different channel in my organization and uh, i didn't knew it i think most of my colleagues never heard of it and still uh, um I met him and uh, and I, I really liked the the solution and eventually we didn't close the deal but um, but it was very interesting uh, for me uh, only once I think all, all the rest of the times I'm approaching because I know the need mm-hmm. myself. Okay, so you know, speaking a bit more about vendors, what would the what was the most annoying sales pitch you have encountered? Um, when when the vendor says that, um, yeah, we can install the the system in three minutes, um, just give me that and that, and that's that's it, three minutes, three hours, something like that, and. Um, the agent doesn't, it, it, they sell um, an utopia. They sell a dream, uh, which is never the real case. If there is an agent, it consumes some uh, resources on the endpoint, on the workstation, on, on the server, it consumes. It consumes a certain bandwidth. Uh, it's, there are costs to these things. Um, there is no magic, okay? And sometimes sales representatives try to describe it as magic. When, when, every, when, it, when it's 
everyone with certain experience know that there is no things like that. Um, you can't, uh, even, if, even if the vendor itself can, can pull up with a quick POC, I need time to understand what would I want to see in the end of the POC. It takes me time. There is no magic on these things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so what is it that you are looking for in a vendor? And if you can share a story about that. Um, when I'm interacting with a vendor, um, I'm looking for high transparency. Um, I want to know all of the drawbacks because the drawbacks are likely um, to, to come up in a certain stage. So yeah, I will ask for uh, uh, recommendations. I will ask if someone uh, left him, left his product and moved to, to his competitor. I think that no, no one really likes to answer that question, um, but it still, and then, but it still, and then I ask why, or if I can talk with them uh, to the one who moved out. And, it, and I think it's really okay to people to, to change uh, solutions, but the answer will, uh, will show me a certain level of transparency. It will be able to gain trust um, if the vendor itself uh, will really show all of the cards. Mm -hmm. Okay, <clears throat> transparency. Okay, um, it's actually one of our core values, I think. Um, so how can vendors actually connect to you in a non-intrusive manner? Um, email, LinkedIn, I'm email and LinkedIn friendly, no problem. Um, so that means you reply to vendors when yeah. they reach out? Okay. Yeah, um, sure. Uh, I really, I answer them even if it's not relevant at this point. Um, actually, I'm not, I'm, a lot of times I'm even asking them to, to give me um, a certain white paper. I, I, I like, I really like, like to read technical documentations. So uh, give me the, the, the white paper, I like to read it. And if it is interesting, if uh, I will, first of all, I will know more. And, and if I will, I will address you back. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I, uh, I gather that listeners can communicate with you in the same manner, right? Uh, yes. Either email and, uh, or. Yeah, I'm friendly. Yeah. Okay. So I'll put your email address in the notes of this uh, podcast, uh, of this Great. chapter. Um, so uh, we're almost about to wrap this up. Uh, let me just ask you a couple of quick last questions here uh, before uh, you go on your way. What's the single most important thing to you in your career? Um, because the job is so diverse, that's what I began with uh, at the start, at the beginning. Um, it really enables me to to find my my fun in it. Uh, one of the things I like the most in uh, in the job is awareness. For example, uh, from time to time, um, I'm I'm doing almost all of the awareness 
myself if it is training uh, like um, in front um, yeah I conduct the training myself uh, I'm writing uh, emails um, but not like uh, I'm doing some caricatures and uh, not just um, like a boring email and things like that and something uh, funny I'm combining it with jokes and doing like um, very short videos of two minutes something like that um, that really pass uh, important information in a fun and funny way so that's me that I'm going to the awareness um, fields but I think really anyone can find uh, what he enjoys and um, get it together, get it together and combine it in other activities of cyber. Okay. Uh, yeah, diversity. And uh, I can definitely relate to that. Um, so uh, if you had unlimited funds, what would you do with your life? Uh, I'm a geek, so. But um, first of all, I before like, that, would you even continue working, or you just do something completely different? Completely different. Walking, uh, walking in a way, but it will be different. Uh, I will. I really adore uh, Elon Musk uh, with his mouse project, and. All of the other uh, projects that try to get humanity to Mars, to Mars, and so I will like to join the effort of getting humanity to Mars, and after that, further on. Yeah, that's a noble goal. So I take it you've seen the. Uh, I believe it's on Netflix. At least here, it's on Netflix. The Mars uh, miniseries. I think they just ended the season, second season. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've seen it, enjoyed it a lot, and uh, I even have a board game uh, somewhere here in back, uh, Terraforming Mouse. And uh, my previous, previous, previous uh, job was working, operating satellites, communication satellites, and it was amazing. Ever since then, I'm uh, really enthusiastic uh, about space. Yeah, so, you know, I'm a bit of a geek myself, as you know, and there were three books that I read a while back, like maybe 10, 15 years ago. It's a trilogy of books. Uh, the first one is called The Red Mars, the second one call, is called The Green Mars, and the third one is called The Blue Mars. And basically, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, it's like uh, an arch story of, uh, of, the, of the terraforming of Mars. I think the story spans across, uh, across a few hundred years, obviously, because you can't really terraform a planet, you know, in in under a few hundred time. years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you know, if you ever, uh, if you heard, if you heard about that, uh, this is something that uh, might uh, might be suitable for you. But uh, even uh, re recommend uh, over the Isaac Asimov. Yeah, well, I think I've read all of his books. So anything from, you know, the robot series, all the empire, uh, I think I've read all of them, yeah. 
foundation series, even even some books that were not written by him, like by his some some of his uh, some of his predecessors. So the estate, the Isaac Asimov estate, granted like uh, the permission to write follow-up books for some of the foundation series. If you heard about it, uh, but yeah, but I don't remember something specific about Mars. So I remember like uh, no, not specifically about Mars, but uh, the the the, the points that. Um, uh, human race will colonize the world, the universe. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and then uh, humanity will collapse. I mean, the empire will collapse, and you know that's the foundation, <laughs> second foundation. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed those books. I've read them many times. Um, so. So this was about the unlimited funds. Uh, and, uh, you know, do you have like any specific, um, anything in, that inspired you recently, anything that you've read or watched or listened to that you want to share? Yeah. Um, times in my life are in different times of my life. I read different uh, book types. Recently I'm uh, reading uh, autobiographs. Um, they're a bit old, but still interesting. Um, previously, I read uh, Shimon Peres' autobiograph, and now I'm reading uh, Golda Meir's. Um, so recently, the line is the uh, autobiograph of uh, um, a very unique uh, Israeli leaders uh, that really made a huge impact. Uh, on Israel, on Israel, on the Jewish people, on Israelis. Mm -hmm. So that's really what I'm uh, reading up uh, recently. And that's inspiring. That's really inspiring because um, those are, those are people that are doing huge things. Um, really, it's not, it's not the scales. It's, it's the visionary level. Amazing. Yeah, well, they, they did have a chance to be, you know, a part of a country that were was just recently established and they were like key key stakeholders, let's say, in building up that country. Um, okay, uh, so, you know, I'm pretty much done with my questions. Any key messages or key takeaway that you want to live with us before we break this up? Um, no, I just wanted to say that uh, actually um, I had another interview recently and when uh, you wrote me your lineup of questions, uh, I really enjoyed reading the questions themselves and uh, actually it made me really think, really think of uh, some of the subjects and the way I look at them, the way I want to look at them. Um, and in Israel, it's just been um, the Hebrew New Year, and it's really just in time uh, to rethink uh, these things. And so it really added up together pretty good. So actually, thank you for that. I'm glad I made you reflect and you know and think about that. Um, okay. Um, yeah, as long as you know we can educate some of our listeners, even even in a if even if it is just a tiny bit, um, I'm I'm happy with that. Um, okay, so thank you so much for joining, Kfir, and 
I'm sure we'll see, see each other in the future. And all the best and good luck.